Hi everybody, I'm Sass Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Cass Spies, founder of Twisted Healthy Treats. Cass has a passion for creating delicious frozen goodies that are better for you, and she's grown that passion into a business that now ships tasty products all around Australia and even to the US. She's here today to share with us a little of her journey. Welcome, Cass. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to our chat. Awesome. So, like a lot of small business owners, you started your business because you were trying to solve a problem. Um, your problem was you couldn't find yummy cold treats for your kids that were were healthy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had very small children, and look, I've always had a passion for wellness, um, wellness in, you know, a balanced context. And I was looking for a healthy, delicious frozen treat to share with my kids. And there just wasn't anything uh, on the market that ticked all the boxes at, at that stage. So from that that moment where you're, you're trawling through the supermarket aisles, probably got the kids tugging at you, wanting something, um, from that first moment of recognition, how long did it take you then to actually go yep I'm going to start the business I guess that period of time wasn't uh actually like a very long that wasn't really the longest part of the the process I think I've look I've always since I was a tiny um since I was a little girl I've always wanted to have my own business Mm. and I've always had a passion for uh entrepreneur understanding and getting sort of under the covers of entrepreneurial journeys of other um you know people in the industry Mm. So it wasn't really um, the decision of, yes, I'll start a business that really took the time. I think it was probably, in hindsight, I think what has taken the time is the years and years of building a brand that does actually have some sort of brand recognition in the market. I think that undertaking has been huge and probably if I had known at the point in time when I was standing in the freezer section looking for a healthy treat, I don't know whether I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Building a brand is actually quite a monumental task. You can have the greatest product in the world, but if you don't have the brand recognition um, and you don't have people knowing about your product, will it you know, it's like you're writing the best novel in the world, but it's just in your diary. <laughs> Look, we've never ever had the big budget, um, big marketing budgets where we can go and do, you know, outdoor billboards and sponsoring the tennis and all those um, tools that you know the big FMCG brands in in well globally use. You know, having their arsenal in terms of launching new brands. So ours is very much ours our brand work that we've done around brand recognition over the years has very much been from the bottom up as opposed to, um, you know, top-down campaigns. So it's really been about, you know, all our amazing customers that have told their friends and their friends have told their friends and it's that it's been very much that kind of uh, organic growth, I guess, of the, of the brand and our distribution over the years that I've had the business. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat word of mouth, honestly. No, it's a very, very powerful uh, tool and something that we um, even you know today if we get an email from a customer you know it's incredibly important um, thing to take care of as soon as possible and my team are, are completely across that because at the end of the day 
we live and live and live and die by how our customers perceive us and how they feel when they when they reach out to us mm. um, as a you know whether it's a complaint or a compliment how they how they go away from having that interaction with with my business is, is an everlasting impression on them about about twisted mm. and I would suspect it's actually more important today than ever before when so much of the face to face interactions that people were having with um, businesses and brands had disappeared for some time because of COVID. So there was the the only kind of connection you were getting were like, you know, maybe on people's social media channels or if there was, you know, you're calling the customer service line or whatever. Like, so it does highlight how important that customer service element, the customer experience is for any business that they really need to kind of keep on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say that's probably one of uh, one of our secret sources is how how the importance that we place on that. I would like to think that as we grow the business and continue to bring products to market and break into new new geographies, that the customer service still needs to be um, central to everything we do. Mm. And speaking of new geographies, it must be pretty exciting. You've managed to crack the US market. That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, look, crack is, I'd love to say that I've cracked the US, but I've really only just, we've really only just scratched the surface, to be honest. But it's absolutely something that I'm incredibly proud of. And it has been uh, a very joyous, as probably sounds a bit of an exaggeration, but it has actually been a, a joyous experience for myself and the team because the product has been so well received by the US consumers that have been buying our product. So mm. it took a lot of years and a lot of work to be able to um, get the business into a position where we were able to send our products to the US. But um, now that we've now that we're there, it feels like we're kind of standing um, on a bit of a precipice, and it's an incredibly exciting and exciting growth area for us. It must be uh, massive uh, scaling for your business as well. Look, it is. It's it's. Um, people keep telling me it's a good problem to have when the business is um, is continuing to to grow at the rate that we're growing. And and you know, it's a, it's it's the problem. That this is the problem I'd much rather have than a shrinking business, obviously. But mm. it has um, it does bring a lot of challenges. Yeah. Uh, um, with it, that we are sort of leaning, we are leaning into those challenges each and every day. But it's yeah, it's an exciting place to be, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I would say going like speaking a bit more about that, uh, scaling a business at a rate can be super challenging because, especially when you've got a lot of logistics involved, like you would have, just finding the right way to go about doing things and getting all your ducks in a row. It's got to be something that probably kept you awake at night initially. <laughs> oh, it still keeps me awake. I could have rung you last night at 3 a.m. if you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it has. There's there's so many aspects. I mean, I think probably um, working capital has been a huge area of focus for me in the last sort of three to six months because I'm not a technology company. I'm a stock-driven company. Mm. To be able to lean into the sort of volume of orders that we are now getting uh, has meant that we've had to increase our stock holdings substantially, which obviously has a huge flow and effect to all, all areas of the business. But I will say operationally we've really had to sort of to, to, to ramp up our process and procedures from what was, you know, a very, you know, a much smaller operation yeah. this time two years ago. So, you know, now we're running uh, six days a week, you know, 20-hour day, 20 hours a day. So 
it's important that we have our arms around that and we don't we definitely don't we definitely don't have that nailed so it's it's a day in day out um sort of challenge and focus for the team to make sure we are able to um yeah scale up and and and, and take all these opportunities that we have in front of us in terms of sales mm. did you ever think when you were first kind of cracking out the first bars or the first um frozen yogurt treats back in Bondi in your in your in your home that it was going to get to this stage? Look, I always hoped that we would have an incredibly successful business. My initial the, the initial direction that the business was taking was one very much um, uh, a shop front sort of focus. Mm. So I guess the dream of having product readily available in lots of different locations was always you know, what we wanted to do from the get-go, mm. but having a business that is now 100% manufacturing and a, and a B2B model as opposed to a B2C is, is not where we started, but it is absolutely the, the one that has resonated with our customers. Mm. So, um, yeah, the dream was always to have, you know, a large-scale successful business. I think it's just taken a very different um, route to the one that I probably thought it would take when I, back when I started the business. And how challenging was it to get your product onto supermarket shelves? Or not shelves, but freezers, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Yes, well, that's actually probably even a little bit, I mean, it's, it's a challenge to get any space in, in supermarkets, mm. but to get space in the freezer is um, is incredibly challenging because they are space constrained and they're obviously trying to ensure that they're getting the highest return they can for each, you know, mm. each um, centimetre of shelf space. So, look, I was very lucky. We had this amazing buyer at Woolworths back in, gosh, I want to say like 2015, who was looking for new and exciting products and he gave us a go in 30 Sydney metro stores that we would um, actually go into the Woolworths stores and deliver the stock ourselves. Yeah. So I feel though as though he was really the reason that we got our start in supermarkets in the first place. Um, and was incredibly supportive, stepped us through the process, understood we were a small emerging brand and really took a chance with, with what he, he I guess, what he saw in us. But we have been through many iterations. I've had product on a shelf that has been deleted, um, you know, 10 months after launching. Mm. I've had product that's, um, you know, that's melted and we've had to pull it off the shelf and, re- you know, replace it. So it, it, none of it has been easy but for a business like mine uh, in a country like Australia, there isn't really an option other than to work um, with, the, with the major supermarkets down here because of the size of our population mm. and, the, the, you know, they, they are really the option for a FMCG business um, in this country. So what kind of advice would you give to other people that might be in the food manufacturing sector that are trying to get their products into a supermarket? My advice would be to definitely start small with someone like a high-end grocer with sort of ten between 10 and 15 sort of store format, mm. someone like um, Harris Farm Markets in New South Wales. I mean, they're an incredibly... Mm. They're an, an amazing company led by, a, you know, a, they have a beautiful family ethos. and Family business. Yeah, that's a family business, yeah. So they understand, you know, that things, that businesses start small and grow into something big and they're, also, they're always looking for cutting-edge food products. So they they have been sort of 
huge in the history of, of my business. Um, but the other thing I'd say is, you know, don't be scared to reach out to the supermarkets because they are always looking for a point of difference. Mm. And, um, you know, if they like what they see and they believe in you and your product, they, they you know, nine times out of ten they will give you a go in a smaller number of stores and, and it is possible. So I think, I guess, yeah, look, don't be scared. The, the, the buyers are people just like us and, and, you know, I think it's always worth trying to connect with them directly and, you know, have a go and, and pitch your product and see, and see where it takes you. Mm. And so when you talk about um, building your brand, obviously there's been an evolution for you, but what do you think people need to do when they're looking to build their brand out? What, are they, what do they hang their hat on? Is it, is it so much about the purpose and the integrity of the brand or is it about, a, you know, finding a cool marketing way in? Like is it more about less gimmick and more about the purpose? Today, brands need to really stand for something and be very clear about what their brand message is and what problem or gap they're trying to to solve in the market. And I think that's probably something that we have really worked on and brought into focus, you know, more and more as the years have gone on. I think when I think when I started the brand, it was probably it wasn't quite razor wasn't quite a razor sharp message around where we stood in the market that we wanted to be the leading better for you treat manufacturer in the country mm. I mean that 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 just wasn't something that I had you know rolling off the tip of my tongue 12 years ago when I started the business mm. and I think once we took the time to really focus down on that mission it has helped our customer base understand where we stand in the market and it's also helped us when we you know, when I have a crazy idea about a new product that I want to bring to market, it needs to fit very clearly with those brand objectives. Mm. And so I think that would probably be my, you know, advice to anyone looking to start a business, be very, very, have a real, a razor sharp focus in terms of what you're, what you do, what you want to stand for in the market um, and what gap you're filling. Mm. And then the other thing I would say, I think you need to be incredibly authentic with any of the sort of communities that you build online these days. I think it's consumers have such a direct, such direct access to you as a brand Mm. and they can so easily um, share their thoughts and feelings about you as a brand. It's incredibly important that you um, are are very authentic and true to to, to what you say you're standing for online. I think that's also very something Mm. tip that I would give to people starting something up today. Have you had any missteps where you've you've done something and then it's backfired or you've put something out there and gone, ah <laughs> not no, no, not, nothing like that yet. Touch wood. I'm just touching a funny piece of wood to touch. <laughs> but what we what we were sort of um probably about four years ago, I had a product, my frozen yogurt product that was on the market was 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 okay, but it wasn't really that healthy. Mm. Um, it was, it was, and it, it sort of stood in this sort of no man's land where, where people weren't sure, like, really, did they really care? Should they have a frozen yogurt or they just grab an ice cream? Yeah. And so what we've done over the years, um, over the last few years is really hone in on, on our formulation. We've taken sugar out. We've put more, we've put more fresh yogurt into the product. Um, so that now, you know, people are very clear about they're making healthier choice. And when they eat that product, they know that it is it is what they're actually consuming is um, a much healthier option than other 
products on the market. And I think that is kind of a good example of where I think we potentially lost a bit of time in terms of really putting it out there and saying, this is what we are. And what about your kids? Are they, um, you still taste test stuff with them? Are they big yeah, fans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that all their friends think that we have a little factory in the back of our, in our backyard. I think they often, we often have people over and I, we don't have twisted in the freezer and they get a bit upset. So <laughs> Yes, they get to try all the new products, all the new flavours. I hope that that is something that they like about me as their mother and the fact that, you know, I have this fun and exciting business that they get to tell their friends about I think is probably something that's been, will be will be a fond memory of their childhood when they look back. Mm. So uh, you mentioned quite early on that you always wanted to own your own business. Was is like business in the family? Did you have family businesses? Do you you come from like a line of small business owners? My father has always had his own business. He has done all sorts of things in his life. And I think, you know, I used to, we'd have family dinners at night and I'd hear he and mum talking about the day and and what he, you know, the challenges he'd had and the, the successes that he'd had. And I guess that was where my love of wanting to have something of my own was born from. But I also think, you know, as I, I I worked in corporate for many, many years before we had children, probably close to 15 years I was in corporate and I just struggled to see how I could have have a family and also have a high-powered corporate job and I'm not taking anything away from the amount of hours and the, the the blood, sweat, and tears that I've put into Twisted, but I have got a, I have got more autonomy than if I'd had a mm. um, a corporate job. You know, if I have to go to something for the kids, I can choose to go and then do you know do work late at night, and nobody's ever ever sort of checking my timesheet. So mm. you know, I, there, there's a it's always a balance, and it, there's pros and cons to every decision that you make in life. But that was definitely one of the things that really forced me down that path when we the, when we had kids. I just couldn't see how I could I could sort of have that corporate high pressure job and be the sort of mother that I wanted to be. Well, lucky for us, you uh, made that decision because we get the <laughs> yummy yogurt frozen treats. <laughs> so, what's the best thing for you about being a business owner? Then is it that flexibility? Yeah, look, I do, and I really love what I do. I I really sometimes I think Twisted's like my fourth child. I think being able to create amazing healthy products that still taste as delicious as similar products that are filled with all sorts of things is something that I'm incredibly passionate about and that really lights my fire and that is definitely my most favorite part of being a business owner. <laughs> Going through the accounts at the end of the year is definitely my most not favourite part of being a business owner. (laughs) (laughs) So probably most people's least favourite thing to do. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cass. It's been great having a chat with you. Fabulous. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.